Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos, Kurt McFall and Audrey Marie Hilly. Tales of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. This week, we focus on the mysterious death of a teenager in California and an unsuspecting killer named Audrey. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos. Number 1. Kurt McFall It was Monday, September 10, 1984, when authorities found Kirk McFall's body. The 17-year-old had left home in Concord, California two days prior and was headed to San Francisco. He was planning to stay overnight and then drive back the following day, but he never made it back home. Instead, his body was found bruised and battered on a desolate beach in the San Francisco Bay. When they found him, the lifeguard described the body as being in relatively good condition. There were minor cuts and bruises on his back, but no evident trauma, and they also noted that he looked very clean. The day after he went missing, Kurt's father, Tom, received an unusual phone call from Kurt's friend, who told him that his son had attempted to leave a cult, and because of that was in fear of his life. Tom checked Kurt's room after and found suspicious items including a knife crafted from a deer hoof, drawings depicting witchcraft, violent fantasies, as well as a necklace made with feathers and stones. Apparently, Kirk had been leading a double life. His friends described him as a quiet and sweet kid, however, in the months leading up to his death, they noticed a change in his demeanor. He had recently joined a group that would dress up in medieval costumes even going as far as practicing jousting and sword fighting with one another. 
a fantasy group made of people looking for an escape from their everyday lives. This led him to be introduced to other individuals, and they eventually initiated him into paganism. The concerned friend that contacted Tom told him he was worried about Kurt's involvement with these groups. He had watched his friend go from simply being interested in these types of religions to fully adopting them for himself. When Kurt left for San Francisco that day, it was to stay at a friend's house named Gabriel Carrillos. See, Gabriel headed the pagan group that Kurt had joined. As his story goes, he says Kurt woke up at 3 a.m., saying he couldn't sleep and told him that he was going out for a swim. The next day, though, Kurt's car was found abandoned and in disarray. There were beer bottles all inside, even though Kurt didn't have alcohol in his system. A $20 bill was in the glove compartment. Kurt's driver's license was on the floor, and the suit of armor that he prized was missing from the trunk. His father believes the scene was staged to make it look like his son had been drinking and then clumsily fell off the cliff. A day after his car was discovered, his body was then found in a cove close to Gabriel's apartment. He was half naked with no shirt, socks, or shoes on, and the buckle from his belt was missing too. While the coroner officially states that death was the result of multiple traumatic injuries, they were unable to determine what exactly caused them. Several years later, a local had posted on a message board that someone was being investigated in relation to Kurt's death. This individual being checked out was a strange lady who lived in a trailer park. Her neighbors said she would only come out at night, always dressed in black, and would steal meat from any nearby outdoor freezers. She would also leave strange letters on people's porches, and in one of them it mentioned a satanic killing of a young boy by the name of Kurt McFall. In the letter, she mentions how Kurt was tortured before being ultimately pushed off the cliff. The letter was forwarded to the authorities and her trailer was then raided. They found various graffiti on the wall created with blood and there were feces strewn on the floors, but ultimately no evidence tying her to the crime was found. She did give the name of a man in Los Angeles who served as her leader, but there is no additional news of whether he was pursued or arrested, which likely means it was a dead end. The death of Kurt McFall still remains a mystery and to this day, the case remains open. Number 2. Audrey Marie Hilly On the outside, the Hillies looked like a picture-perfect family, but they were the furthest from that that anyone could be. Frank and Audrey Hilly had been married since 1950 and had two children, Mike and Carol. During his late teens, Mike began to fall ill, suffering from stomach problems that were written off as nothing but a persistent stomach flu. Once he moved out of the house for college, the stomach problems mysteriously vanished. While visiting his son at college one day, Frank mentioned to him that he was contemplating divorcing his mother after catching her in bed with another man. Shortly after that, Frank himself started suffering from stomach problems and in May of 1975, he went to the hospital complaining of nausea and tenderness near the stomach. He was admitted, and while his symptoms worsened, Audrey continued to be by his side and stayed there until he eventually passed away. After conducting an autopsy, it was concluded that he had died from a hepatitis infection. 
Frank had maintained a modest insurance policy, and Audrey was awarded with $31,000 after his death. With almost no grieving time, she quickly began buying new things, including a new car and other extravagant items. Even after the money ran out, she kept buying and told creditors that her son Mike would pay them off. Four years after her father's death, 18-year-old Carol Hilly began suffering from the same stomach problems as her dad and brother and was admitted to the emergency room. It was during this period that Audrey injected her daughter's legs with an unknown substance two times. She told her that the medicine was given to her by a friend of hers that was a registered nurse and instructed her not to tell the hospital staff. When Carol's doctor suspected that there was heavy metal poisoning in her, Audrey transferred her daughter to another hospital instead. Around this time, Audrey was arrested for passing bad checks to the insurance company that held Carol's life insurance policy. By this time, Carol's hands and feet were completely numb. This hospital then focused on the possibility of heavy metal poisoning and discovered Carol had Aldridge Mies lines on her fingernails and toenails indicative of arsenic poisoning. After test, it was noted Carol had over 50 times the amount of arsenic normally present in human hair. Frank's body was then exhumed, and it was concluded that he, in fact, died from arsenic poisoning as well. Audrey was already in prison for her fraudulent checks when she was arraigned for the murder and attempted murder of her husband and daughter, respectfully. A vial of what was actually arsenic was also found in her purse when the police conducted a search. Despite all this, a month later, she was actually let out of prison on a bond. She then checked into a hotel and disappeared shortly after. Audrey was now a fugitive. For three years, police could not find any trace of her until she finally resurfaced in Florida bearing the name Robbie Hannon. She had forged a new identity and lived together with John Homan before eventually marrying him. The couple moved to New Hampshire, and Robbie would often talk about her imaginary twin sister named Terry who lived in Texas. At some point, she told her new husband she was dying from brain cancer and needed to head to Texas to tend to family issues. While there, she posed as Terry and called her husband to inform him that Robbie had died, but that there was no need for him to come because her body was donated to medical science. Audrey, who was playing the role of Robbie, then dyed her hair blonde, lost weight, and then pretended to be Terry. Terry eventually went to New Hampshire to meet John, and he became enamored by her, and soon the two began living together. However, the New Hampshire police, as well as John's family and friends, weren't so easily fooled. She was brought in for questioning, and under pressure, she then confessed that she was actually Audrey. Investigators and psychiatrists who studied her behavior said that she began acting out long before she started ever poisoning her family. There were suspected arson cases around their home, and authorities who came to investigate the matter soon left their house with a bad stomach sickness. Looking back, it seems to make sense that most likely they were poisoned. The Hillies' neighbors had kids that would also get sick constantly with no clear cause and soon after the neighbors moved away from the Hillies, the children recovered. It's also believed she tried to poison her own mother and her mother-in-law. Audrey ended up serving a life term for Frank's death, 
with an additional 20 years for the attempted murder of her own daughter. But she was a model prisoner, and soon after was given a prison furlough. Her three-day pass to visit and see her husband, John, happened in February of 1987. Shortly after, he took her to a graveyard where she asked for a few minutes to be alone. She immediately disappeared and became a fugitive once again. But unlike her first attempt, after just four days, she was found dead outside a person's home. It's believed she had died from a cardiac arrest due to hypothermia. So there were two of the strangest and killer stories around. The world can be a crazy place and Twisted Twos is sure to show you why. If you enjoyed this video, then please subscribe to our channel and remember to support us on Patreon. We have new videos every single week for you to check out. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next week. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.